Hey, how are you doing? And welcome to another episode of the Black and Irish podcast. So this time we want to talk about Black Irish subculture. Growing up like our age, we would have been born in Africa and then moved over here. So a lot of us would still have a lot of those influences and we would have grown up in African households that, that those influences were really, really strong. I'm Bonnie O'Dem. And I'm Amanda Ade. This time our guests are Kenny and Femi from the Pints of Malt podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about the Black Irish subculture. Now, just before we get into what this actually is, Bonnie, do you want to give us our definition of what, what is a subculture, first of all? So the definition here that we have is that a subculture is a group of people within a culture that differentiates itself from the parent culture to which it belongs, often maintaining some of its founding principles. Subcultures develop their own norms and values regarding cultural, political and sexual matters. And I think having the lads here from Pints of Malt, which is such an important podcast within the community in regards to the Black Irish subculture here is absolutely excellent. With that, you know, in the, in the back of our minds, when we think of the Black Irish subculture, I'm just interested to hear what, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the Black Irish subculture? So, Kenny, I'm going to put you on the spot there. First question. No pressure. Um, great question. I suppose, yeah. After, especially after listening to the um, definition, the first thing for me, I think the start of it or where it like sort of originates and where for me, where the subculture starts is like in school is when you have that group of people, sort of your group of friends who are all mainly black and sort of have grown up in within the Irish system. And I think that's where you, in school, especially in secondary school, is where you start to come out of yourself and create the slangs, create like how you do stuff and what you, where your influences lie. And I think so. I think that for me, the first thing to come that comes to mind is going back to secondary school. That's where sort of the Irish, for me, the black and Irish subculture starts. Femi, any thoughts on it? Yeah, I guess, yeah, school is definitely a big one. Well, maybe not for me because I grew up in Mayo and I was probably the only black kid in my, school, <laughs> in my class but um i think the next one then would probably be music i guess there's a lot of there's a lot of you know artists um black artists and young artists who would have grown up here in ireland and are starting to kind of meld that whole i don't know the whole uk influence us mm. influence and then mixing it with the irish um culture i could list them all but yeah there's lots of different artists who yeah, who definitely I feel like embody that kind of uh, subculture, black subculture anyways, here in Ireland, yeah. A very important part, and you've touched on it there, Femi, in regards to, you know, identifying or defining the black Irish subcultures. And I'll, and I'll say cultures because we're not a monolith and there's different types of subcultures within the parent black Irish um, culture itself, is language and, and the way we talk you know, mm, definitely, you know, there's, there's a lot of influences there that, you know, plays a part in the black Irish subcultures itself. I, I don't know. I might, I might throw it to you, Amanda, as well. Like what's very defining about the way we talk? What's really stands out? What are our influences there? You know, this whole debate about how the, the black Irish community is just like a mini black British community in, in a sense. And mm. you know, the influence is very obvious. It comes from there. So I think when you, when we talk about our language, our lingo, the things that have kind of come 
into just the way that we relate and the way that we communicate to each other. Obviously, the biggest influence, I would say, would probably come from the UK and then from like sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. So like from the UK, for example, like a lot of the slang words, you see, especially <laughs> with like people of a certain age, I'd give it like probably like the under under 30s or like the 15 to 30 year olds. For example, like the police would be the feds. Um, yeah. you, you say it's your peas. Yeah, you say wagwan. What are you saying? Come on. The boys would demand them, like stuff like that. <laughs> Little lingo, the way that we relate with each other. And then um, I feel like the big one and probably kind of come more recently the African accent being a way to like kind of enhance your humor if that makes sense so like yeah. no one you say it's so much funnier exactly it's fair. so um yeah I know there's a whole thing about code switching now as well you know like obviously a big part of being black and Irish is morphing and almost being I don't want to say chameleon like but you you adapt very quickly to your surroundings yeah. around you know, African elders, you would you would change your accent when you're around mm. Irish people. You would change your accents, and then when we're with each other, our accent is just like our just the way we speak is this big amalgamation of Irish, British, African. Yeah. Like it's 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 interesting. I don't know what 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 do you what do you guys think about? Do you know what I think? I think you I, you. I know you're saying it's like it's not. It's like a big small part, but I think it's actually a huge part. I think that's a. Mm. I think that that's one thing that will, for me, defines or is an attribute of the subculture because yeah. when I speak to my friends and I, 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 I speak to my friends, I speak to my sisters, my siblings and stuff like that, we would all do it. I've, every single one of us would do it. If we're walking, if me and the boys are walking down the street, we're chatting away, we see an, an older African person, we all will all greet them, but we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll double it, we'll switch, yeah, we'll exactly. all the all the African greetings. And sorry, just a caveat there for those that don't know what double means. <laughs> Basically, it's like in African culture, specifically Nigerian culture, Yoruba culture. Yoruba, yeah. You see an elder, you kind of have to like curtsy. The boys yeah. kind of like bow. Well, like a sign of I think it's more we plank. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen people go to like full push-ups. Like. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> them ones were not on them anymore. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but sorry, continue, continue. But then if, and on the same road, if you walk down and you meet your, your white Irish mates, you'd have the banter, you'd, you'd switch up, you'd speak like you're in, back in school and stuff like that. Or even... It's even like when you're in college or something like that, sometimes the way you speak to your lecturer could be a lot different to the way you speak to your boys or and stuff like that. So it's a huge part of what makes the subculture. And like, you can even see it in music as well. Like there's one artist I can see is like officer. You can see he switches yeah. to between like three or four different accents in the same in the oh. same verse at any time you can speak you can he, sometimes he's speaking yoruba sometimes it's a very deep irish accent sometimes yeah. it's a bit of a british accent so i think for me that's encompasses like the subculture in itself and i think that's for me it's it's something i love and it's something i always like i think it's like a superpower it's a bit of a skill like i oh. I, I always i remember growing up when i was in school and stuff, I was even speaking to my white teachers and stuff like that. I'd speak a certain way to my white friends. I speak a certain way when I'm walking home with the boys at lunchtime. It'd be a different, it'd be a different switch up. And then when I'm walking into the gates, get home, then I'm switching up as well. Like there was a stage where my mom, I was speaking, I was speaking in a really deep Irish accent that my mom couldn't actually understand me <laughs> at one stage. So, but like it was all part of that discovery and that all part of like that uniqueness that makes black that makes you black and irish and i i love it i think it's brilliant 
Femi, what are your yeah. thoughts, Femi? Some of my most stressful moments is uh, when I'm on the phone with my mom surrounded by white friends. Oh, really. oh <laughs> yeah. How are you going to talk? Yeah, how are you going to talk? <laughs> you, know, you know it's going to go wrong either way, like mm-hmm. whichever accent you choose. So you got a hell of explaining mm-hmm. to do after. But um, yeah, definitely. But I, I was just going to say that, um, do you think then, do we have our identity then? Or is this not knowing which accent and switching? Does that kind of show a lack of identity or... Is that the identity itself? I think the accent thing and and the language thing is a reflection as to, in my opinion, a reflection as to where our community is at the moment and trying to find ourselves, trying yeah. to define ourselves. We're heavily influenced by the UK and the US, primarily the UK and sub-Saharan Africa. Hence mm-hmm. why, you know, you can see like lads we would say lads as well we would say mandem using uk terms in irish accents (laughs) you know what i mean so the boy literally i was on the phone to amanda i was like just tell me wagwan you know and it's just it's just literally just a reflection of in my opinion our community trying to find its feet the way we will speak we speak now may be quite different to the way the community may speak in 20 years from now different types of cultural references in which plays a big influence as to you know our subculture itself in regards to food music dance etc what in particular stands out in regards to the sub-saharan african culture that has played a big part in influencing the black irish subculture i think we definitely take what's popular out of both when it comes to the uk like we said we take kind of like their slang and stuff that is kind of the main thing that stands out when it, when you think of uk culture in african again like we we use the african accents whenever we want to tell jokes and stuff because it bangs every time so you use that it feels like we're, we we take the best out of both and then we kind of yeah show show ourselves and i think in music when you, when it comes to music in the uk i think it, it definitely will be drill because that is kind of the mm. main when it comes to black uh black irish kids especially it's it's drill for them and maybe the older generation it's definitely Afrobeat. so i think that's that's what i think and we take the best out of both anyways yeah i completely agree with femi on like i think we take the best out of both i think firstly the fact that like the black irish population here especially the youths we're not that many as much as like there's a lot of us in comparison to like the rest of the population there's not a lot and our closest neighbors who who happen to be british then the british have a lot of black and um, black people so mm. it's just anything that's sort of whenever if you were on twitter and you only had irish twitter like irish black twitter on it would be very insular and it wouldn't be as fun but if you have if you have the UK people on as well, you have a wider range of black people to interact with. With that comes obviously being influenced by them a little bit as well. So I think a lot of it is due to the fact that the sort of population here just isn't as big yet. Mm. And then taking from the sub-Saharan population, I think it's because like a lot of us, 
especially growing up like our, our age, we would have been born in Africa and then moved over here. So a lot of us would still have a lot of those influences and we would have grown up in African households that, that those influences were really, really strong. And if you are grown up in, if you grow up in, especially an African household, it's really, it's like almost impossible to sort of shake that Africanness in, in you. So mm-hmm. it'll always come out. As well as that, I think anything said in sort of an African language, especially for me, like for me, anything said in Yoruba, I remember one of my mates is, yeah, it's it's deep in whether if it's an insult, it's like, it's the worst <laughs> insult ever, it's whether it's the funny, it's a funny joke, it's the funniest joke ever. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's everything, it's, it's like, it's such a dramatic language in, in that sense. So I think we always want to keep that, we always want to sort of, have that because I think it's what makes like sort of Yoruba and makes the African language so good and so great for us. So I think it, for me, it's them too. It's them two influences. The whole thing about, you know, when things are said either, you know, in a native language or just in the African accent, it just kind of enhances the whole, the experience, whatever that may be. I think for a lot of us, I think it's because of the fact that when you say something in an African accent to, to like a, a friend or whatever, I think because you've, you have that, you know, that shared experience of growing up in an African home. You can recognize that and it's funny and you can relate to it. Mm. But I think you know, recently, like because it's become so popular and because I think a lot of people are doing it. Have you ever gotten like from when, when people outside of the community then try to mimic the accent? And stuff, yeah, like, oh, it's, it's already received in the same it, way. Exactly. Yeah. And like yeah. really and truly, it's just that it goes back to what you said of because you have that shared experience. Yeah. It may, it's it's only you guys can understand it and can sort of appreciate it. Appreciate it in the same And way. like, I know it's yeah. hard for some, so it's very hard for people to sometimes understand that. But I think it's important for people to understand that, that I'm sorry, you just can't get it. You just yeah. can't say, it's like certain words you can't say in certain yeah. communities because you just, you just can't, you know. And and it comes across as almost mockery. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. It's actually hilarious when we think about it because just talking about, it's just on the topic of language whenever we be having our discussions or, or we be like messing around or taking the mick out of each other we would literally move from irish accent irish humor to african accent african humor and mesh the two in one sentence and yeah. it's because all, m- most of us have that shared experience of coming across certain types of african people whilst we grow up whether that be in the household or within the community and coming across a certain type of Irish person when we're growing up because of our proximity, etc. Yeah. If we speak or change our tone a particular type of way, we don't have to explain it, but the other person who receives it because of that shared experience would know if we're joking or if we're taking the mick out of them. Exactly, yeah. That's exactly it. food dance all that kind of thing all those things that have kind of flowed from the continent over to here the first one for me the first kind of cultural moment that comes to mind is like the whole jollof wars and mm. thing yeah Nigel jollof versus explain now explain it for the people in the back, uh, the people in the back. okay so basically jollof rice is a west african dish 
Yes. The origins of which are very, you know, there's a heated debate around the origins yeah. of Jollof rice. Give it so a yeah. from, you know, the Wolof, Wolof Jollof, the Wolof region in Senegal. Mm. Others say it is a Nigerian dish. This was formed by the first Nigerians. But listen, it's, you know, others are saying it's from Gambia. Like we, we don't know. It comes from somewhere in West Africa anyway. But there is a debate amongst West African countries as to who cooks the best Jollof. Um, obviously, there are three and a half Nigerians on this panel at the moment. So um, <laughs> yeah, <it's, it's laughs> I feel like you might be slightly biased. <laughs> Just nah, I think we could definitely be like you know, <laughs> we could definitely be objective about it. Um I I didn't Nigerian is definitely the best though for me. I agree. <laughs> for mm. if, we're, if we're being objective, I've see I've tried Ghanaian Jollof, right? It was all right. It's not even orange, it's like white, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I think food definitely is one as well. I know, I don't know, maybe this won't make sense to some people, but I know when I was in Nigeria, Guinness was massive for yeah. some reason. Yeah. It was so big that I thought Guinness was a Nigerian thing. I was like, oh, we <laughs> we created Guinness. It's our thing. We didn't even call it Guinness. I don't even know what we called it. We had to... Stout. 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 Yeah. Even though it yes. barely wrote Guinness. Stout. Stout. <laughs> we still called it Stout. But yeah, so food, yeah. Um, stuff like that was, I mean, Especially when I came over, I, I really, uh, you know, blew my mind when I found out Guinness was an Irish thing. So that that was a big thing. Um, another thing was probably, um, I was going to say it when you guys were mentioning accents there um, real quick. So, you know, with Irish people, Irish, I know Irish people as well, like especially when I was in, in Mayo, a lot of the Irish lads, if they ever wanted to say something funny, just the same way we would go with an African accent, they would go with like almost a North Dublin accent kind of mm. thing, you know, like, oh, Damo, you know, that kind of kind of thing. So I was just, I just thought it was quite funny how we kind of have that similarity. I remember the first time I put on an Irish accent, the lads were like, don't ever, ever do that again, mate. <laughs> it was so bad that uh, that was it. I, I knew it wasn't for me. So, um, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to call out that similarity. And yeah, definitely. I think food was probably one of the major influences that we brought over. I know there's a lot of food companies, especially here as well. I know Anu's Kitchen is a big one here as well, that, yeah. you know, that a lot of, and I've met a few um, Irish people who have actually, you know, they really big into Nigerian food. So um, it's nice to see that kind of crossing of cultures. Yeah. it's also very important for us because even though we are four Afro-Irish people here, um, all from Nigeria as well, but let's also not forget that the Black Irish community and the Black Irish subcultures is not just made up of the, you know, the African influences, but there's also a Caribbean influence, there's a, a North American influence uh, Black community, there's a, a South American Black community as well there that, who all play their part, an active part in developing and directing the Black Irish subculture, the Black Irish community overall, you know, in 10 years time, you know, 10, 15 years time, what would the Black Irish identity be? The Black Irish culture, the Black Irish community, what would that look like? In 10 years time, I think we'll, if we just look to the our neighbours across the pond, I think we're going to be very similar to kind of, you know, the diversity in their cultures grew. I think it's going to come, it's going to happen here in Ireland. I know there's not that many black people here or there's not that many people from, you know, from South America and things like that, like there would be in, in England. But I think, I think it's definitely growing. And with that, I think with that growth is going to become a more, you know, a very much more diverse culture here in Ireland where people meld. It almost seems like it's seamless, the melding and the bending of um, melding and blending of the culture so i think that'll definitely happen i also think that um like i said before i think we definitely take the best out of the you know these cultures that we that kind of influence us so i think mm -hmm. you'll see that we 
I don't know. I don't want to say, you know what I will say? I think we're more mature than our neighbors across the pond. <laughs> so um, I think we take all the best um, things out of their culture and we, we know we do it well here and we, the negatives we kind of seem to avoid, which is very mm. good. So, so I think long may continue. I think that might be where we might be in 10 years. So, yeah. I think one thing I, I will, will say, I think that will be needed. I think we need to see more black people whatever the background in more sort of prominent areas of that culture something like sport for example i'm a huge football fan so i would always use like football as an example it'd be great to see more black football players on the irish team because i think mm-hmm. sport in itself is a, something that can really drive a culture and like sport in african countries are is huge if football like nigerians are very patriotic and very always back to super eagles and stuff like that mm. and like one thing that i would love to see more of like is seeing more black um, kids in the irish team because like i would say like i support the irish team but i wouldn't be like Die I hard. wouldn't yeah. be yeah I wouldn't be if it was Nigeria hard. versus Ireland who you choosing I know the exactly answer. like you, know, it, you I mean? know that's the thing and like but like even though I don't wouldn't follow Nigerian football no loads but like whenever there's a qualifier whenever the African Cup of Nations are on whenever in the world pray I'd be crying I'd if we score a I remember, World Cup goal exactly remember I like I remember like we got knocked out with the last one Argentina I cried I was yeah, like, I was devastated like you know but I don't think I'd have that same affinity with the Irish team because I don't really necessarily see myself in the Irish team. Mm. Like I would be more, it, it sounds bad, but like the English team, for example, there's a lot of black people in there and like I'd follow the English football. So I'd be like, I'd be more inclined to see, they look at their matches and see, oh, this, like I can mm. see the my people there. Do you get me? So yeah. I think areas like that would be, I think those are really big areas in sport, like sports in general, but football especially, like it would be a really huge place to sort of, drive that and like rugby as well obviously it's predominantly like a, a white sport but getting more black um, athletes in those areas would really help to drive that and when black people feel as patriotic to ireland as um, they do to like their home country i think that's when we'll really sort of embrace that's when everybody will really feel more comfortable in embracing the black and Irish culture and the Irish culture as a whole. A fun fact on the rugby, the uh, the first ever Nigerian-born Irish international player, uh, Nia Delenkun, came from my secondary school, Delisal College, Churchtown. Oh, wow. No he was a fifth way. Year. I, I, yeah, I know him, actually. He was a fifth year when I was a, a first year, and I watched him be one of our best players, and to see him where the green white was a was a proud moment for us in school. He is, oh, yeah, he's fun. he's my my mom's my mom's friend, like or like my auntie or something. Like mm. he's that's his son. So yeah, he's yeah. I'm I'm happy he's doing well. well fun really fact, quick. Um, and the Kenny went to my school as well, seeing as we're bigging up schools. Really quick, Amanda. Really quick, Amanda. To you and then to me that we conclude on this. Oh, where do you see the the Black Irish culture going in ten years to fifteen years time? In ten years, I feel like. Again, it's it's going to look very different than what we're seeing now. Obviously, you know, a lot of us are second generation, you know, African um, immigrants into here. So either, you know, we would have been born here or born elsewhere and moved to Ireland, Ireland at a very young age. So I feel like the African influence is still very strong. Um, but I can see that changing already with the younger, the younger generation. I feel like kind of what, what Kenny was talking about there, I see that 
almost um, the affinity towards Irishness growing a lot more in the younger generation. And there seems to be um, a shift in them too, as much as I think they appreciate their Africanness. Um, they were, I feel like for a lot of us, appreciating our Irishness is something that we've either just recently learned, like, um, or we're still in the process of learning. But I think for the younger generation, that's something that, you know, it's it's kind of just there. It's automatic. Yeah. Um, it's not really... Not that it's not a struggle for them, but obviously things are things are changing in that regard. So I think in 10 years, Ireland is still going to look very different. And the Black Irish identity or the Black Irish um, culture, subculture, um, it will look very different. And I think a major part um, of that is what you guys mentioned about not just being one thing. Um, I think that's a huge part of the Black Irish identity as a whole. And we, I know we touched off it there in the first episode. Um, I don't know if you guys are, you know, into um, improv or acting at all, but if this is the game called Yes And, um, it's like an improv of challenge. So if someone says something, it's like, yes, and I think that's a huge part of the Black Irish culture and identity. It's, are you Irish? Yes. And this. Yeah. Or are you African? Yes. <laughs> and Irish. Um, so it's this, it's not just being one thing. It's not just, you know, fitting into one box. And I think that in itself like Kenny said, that is our identity. That is who we are and what we're about. We are an amalgamation of all these things. And what Femi said, it's like drawing the best parts from our Irish identity, drawing the best parts from the Irish culture, drawing the best parts from our African identity and culture and amalgamating it and bringing it together to form this wonderfulness. So that's it for another episode of the Black and Irish podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. That is black underscore and Irish. Remember, you can listen back to all of our episodes on rte.ie forward slash podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you later.